On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Walter Isaacson's new authorized biography on Elon Musk is out, and it's got some interesting tidbits on both Tesla's $25,000 Generation 3 vehicle, as well as the robo-taxi. Plus, Model S and X get an optional brake upgrade, older Model 3s get a long-desired retrofit option, Cybertruck's frunk might be powered after all, and more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey, and this is Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast for September 17th, 2023. It's episode 424, which is a palindrome. It reads the same way forwards and backwards. I don't know why I've always gotten a kick out of those, but I do. Anyway, I start this week with a Cybertruck appetizer, and it might be a rather filling appetizer because this, if it's accurate, and from the video that I watched, I'm inclined to think this is correct. This could be really, really good. So take a listen here. A video posted to the Cybertruck Owners Club forum and shared on Twitter by the very cleverly usernamed Watts Your Ride. The video is, of course, it's shot through a chain link fence because the person filming it's on public property and they're filming through at Giga Texas to a Giga Texas worker who is standing in front of a Cybertruck futzing with the frunk. Now, for a little context here, the rest of this particular Cybertruck is under a car cover. It's just the front that's exposed. The front of the car cover is pulled up so that this worker can access the frunk. So that's relevant because it it indicates that it's probably more likely than not that the Cybertruck in question is powered down. If it's just out there, it's undercover, It's not in active use. Tesla maybe just have powered it down to prepare to ship it probably out my way towards Palo Alto and the Tesla engineering team. Anyway, this video shows the worker having to put a whole lot of force on the frunk, both to lift it up and then to, to get it pushed open and then again to push it back down closed. And as Watts Your Ride said in their tweet, quote, the video shows an unpowered truck having its hood raised slash lowered against resistance of the geared motor. If you're familiar with this, it'll be obvious. The video is for those who have to see for themselves and apparently who have experience with moving an unpowered motor against its gearing. And indeed, When you watch the video, or at least when I watch the video, I'll phrase it that way, I found it very hard to disagree with that assessment. If it were a manual frunk, I would just figure it wouldn't resist like that. There'd be nothing there to resist against you, both when you're pushing it up to try and open it and when you're trying to push it back down to close it again. So... Uh, While I'm not quite willing to call this CONFIRMED in all capital letters yet, which is what What's Your Ride did to start their tweet, it is certainly looking much more likely now that the Cybertruck's frunk is indeed powered. Which, by the way, 
would be awesome. This is a, something that I'd be delighted to have been wrong about. Now, for one, it's awesome because the Cybertruck's competitors have it. But number two, ignoring that, the Cybertruck really should have a powered frunk for a couple of reasons. One, it's a big, tall truck, and having to lift and especially reach up and close that whole front clamshell would be pretty annoying if it were totally manual, particularly if you're not a tall person. And then number two, it's fair to think of the Cybertruck's frunk the same way. Now, this is this is just me. You may totally disagree with this. But I think it's fair to think of the Cybertruck's frunk the same way that you'd think of the rear trunk of the other four Teslas, i.e. the frunk of the Cybertruck is likely to be the primary area where you want to store things like groceries. Now, sure, you've got a six-foot truck bed, the vault, as of course Tesla's calling it on the Cybertruck. That six-foot vault bed is great, but that's for truck stuff, not for stuff like groceries. Not that you can't put groceries in it, but groceries, if you do just put them back there in bags, there's a good chance that everything is going to roll around as you drive and you're going to be having to (laughs) reach to the edges of, of your vault bed to recover all of your fruits and vegetables by the time you get home. So the frunk seems like the most natural place for that for all of us future Cybertruck owners. And also, there's this little piece of it too. Again, maybe this is me projecting too much, but if you're in agreement with me that we're thinking about the Cybertruck's frunk like we think about the trunks of the other four Teslas, well, all four of the other Teslas have powered rear lift gates. So therefore, the Cybertruck should have a powered frunk to quote unquote match. So we'll, ha- we, we'll just have to find out at the launch event if indeed that's correct. But whether or not you agree with any of my reasoning there, the bottom line is it does look very likely. Again, I'm not quite ready to go so far as to call it confirmed, but it might be. It's looking very, very likely that we've got some good news on the frunk here. And if it is true, then it will be the first Tesla to have a powered frunk, naturally leading me to ask the question, well, okay, when will the Model S and Model X get a powered frunk too? I don't think it's necessarily fair to expect the three and the Y to also get a powered frunk. I mean, I'd like to see it, don't get me wrong, but if it were gonna happen, the Model 3 Highland probably would have been introduced with a powered frunk. But the S and the X being the most upmarket of Tesla's vehicles, even more so than the Cybertruck, which as I've said, I feel like price-wise, features-wise, the Cybertruck pretty well fits in between the other four Teslas. So S and X, I would I would put them on the clock for a powered frunk at this point, if indeed the Cybertruck's frunk does turn out to be powered. Now, speaking of powered trunk and frunk apparatuses, this next little nugget, it honestly made my day. I think a number of you know that already because I had I got a bunch of tweets about this. I got emails about this. 
So clearly I've talked enough about this in the past where it sunk in and you, uh, many of you thought of me, for those of you that have already seen this and for those of you that have not already heard about this, here's some good news I have to share with you, particularly if like me, you have an older, shall we call it a classic Model 3. So it's as if Tesla knew my birthday was coming up, which it is coming up this week. And it's as if they knew that I've been wanting this particular feature for the past few years. So here we go. They gave it to me, even though I have to pay for my birthday present, but I'm grateful that they're just offering it. And that is this. Tesla is now offering a power liftgate retrofit for the pre-2021 Model 3s. That would be the 2017s, 2018s, 2019s, and 2020s. It's been the 2021s onward that have had this now standard. So this retrofit is $800, which is out the door price. That includes installation. I ordered it instantaneously and I am scheduled for my install this week. So hopefully on next week's podcast, I will be able to tell you about how it went and what I think of it. Now for me, this is one of the honestly very few quality of life features that the newer Model 3s have that my 2018 doesn't. My car is every bit as quick as the latest Model 3s. It has basically the same range in terms of if you're comparing performance to performance. You know, it's it, it's the suspension is basically all the same. Like it's it's a pretty similar car for being, you know, comparing my five-year-old car to a new Model 3, not the Highland, but a new US Model 3. But certainly there there is a list of stuff. I mean the the newer ones have a nicer center console. They have the Ryzen chip in the MCU to make the UI a little zippier. They've got the double pane front windows, the Octa valve, which is more of an under the hood, I mean literally an under the hood thing. But the power rear lift gate is one of those things that I have been personally wanting on my car ever since Tesla made it standard on the 2021 and newer model year model threes. And I really wanted it when, as I'm positive, I mentioned on the podcast at the time when Tesla started doing official retrofits in China, I'd always hoped that they would then turn around and offer the same thing here. And while it took longer than I thought they have done it. In fact, I will, I'll say this, if I'm being honest, I would say that I had given up. It's been long enough that I'd given up on this happening So in that sense, it is kind of a nice little birthday surprise for myself, and I am grateful for it. Now, you might be asking, but why do you really want this? Why do you want to pay for this? Can't you just open and close it yourself like you've been doing for the past five years? And certainly the answer is yes, I absolutely could, and I I certainly have been for the past five years. But with this, there will be no more slamming it too hard or not closing it hard enough to get it to latch because those, you know, my, my, my wife sometimes falls into that where she's not used to it, right? It's not her car. Sometimes it's, it's, it gets slammed a little too hard or she doesn't quite put enough force on it and it doesn't close all the way and she's got to try again. So it's a little thing, but Hey, you know, it's again, quality of life feature. And for me, why I personally will benefit from this is that I will no longer bonk my head on the trunk lid on a chilly winter day 
because the gas in the trunk struts didn't expand enough to send the trunk lid all the way up on the chilly day. I have bonked my head repeatedly, not like all the time, but it has happened a number of times over the five years I've had the car in that exact scenario. Plus, uh, this way too, there's also, for somebody like me who's just really picky about keeping the car as clean as possible, now there's no more touching the bodywork to close the trunk when the car is clean, or conversely, no more having to touch the bodywork when it's all dusty and dirty. And those of you with Model 3s know that the the way, I guess it's, I mean, maybe all cars are like this. I don't know. I, I, I It's been so long since I've had any other car but the Model 3, I can't really say. But those of you who are Model 3 owners know the back of the car is what gets dirtiest and dustiest first. I don't know if it's an aerodynamic thing or just the, just the nature of a forward-moving object, but the back of the car definitely is the first to get dusty and dirty, typically even when it's relatively clean, like when the rest of the car is still looking pretty good after, you know, after it's been, say, a week since you washed it. So, yeah, no more, no more having to touch dusty or dirty bodywork as well to get the trunk lid closed. So, uh, and there's not only the button on the trunk lid itself to open it and close it, but you can also press the button on the center touchscreen to just do it from inside the car as well. You know, if my wife's loading something in there, if I'm, if I'm just, she goes into the store to run an errand and I'm waiting in the car, she doesn't even have to do anything. She can just put her stuff back there, get back in the car, and I push the button on the touchscreen to close it up from there. So again, while I fully recognize that some of my fellow classic Model 3 owners might not care about this at all and or might not find the $800 price tag worth paying, I've gone ahead and ordered it. I am grateful that Tesla is finally offering this and I am genuinely excited about getting this retrofit. Speaking of new upgrades on the online Tesla shop, Upgraded brake kits are now available for those of you that have the new Model S or Model X. This comes via user Dade from Columbus, Georgia, who posted on the Tesla Motors Club forums, sharing a screenshot of the email that he received from Tesla. That email reads, next level brake pads, bold red calipers. In the uh, title portion and then in the body of the email it reads, Get better pedal feel, braking predictability, and slower brake fade onset with a brake pad upgrade, available for both Model S and Model X vehicles. A separate upgrade kit for red calipers is now also available for plaid vehicles. Note, plaid vehicles built from January 12th, 2023 come standard with both the brake pad and red calipers upgrades. Schedule a service appointment in the Tesla app to upgrade your vehicle. Well, the improved brake pad kit for the long range SNX, if you're curious, will run you $750, while the plaid kit that includes the improved brake pads and the red calipers will cost you $2,700. Again, like the trunk retrofit for the Model 3, both prices there include installation. 
Now, from everything that I've read or heard about the plaid specifically over these last couple of years, it is apparently very clear that if you do serious driving with the plaid, whether it's on the drag strip, on a track, spirited driving, that the plaid really does desperately need these improved brake pads. So I'm very glad that Tesla has upgraded all of the new build cars to just get them standard upon delivery. Now, as for the price of this upgrade, I have to imagine it's got to sting a bit for owners who paid the previous much higher prices for their plaid and are now being asked to pay $2,700 more for something that new customers who are getting their plaid with these better brakes included as part of the now much lower $90,000 price of the plaid. But I will say this, if I owned a plaid, if I had that extreme good fortune, I would probably buy these, I'm not gonna lie. If I could budget for it, I can't necessarily go dropping $2,700 on a dime, but if I were able to, I would just take a look at things and go, all right, can I swing this? Can I treat myself here? Uh, I would definitely want them. I guess I'll phrase it that way. I would definitely want that upgrade if I owned a plaid. I guess if you break it down for the plaid specifically, it's $675 per wheel. We are getting the red calipers and the improved brake pads. Now, I admit to you readily here, I don't really have any context for whether that's a good deal, a fair price, or a ripoff. But again, I would probably do it if I had a Plaid. If I had a long range SRX, I probably wouldn't, honestly. But at least those of you who have the 2021 or 2022 SRX now at least have the option to purchase and install this upgrade. Because as I like to say, having options, having choices is always a good thing. And we know that Tesla doesn't always like to give us a lot of choices. They are, I would call them choice averse sometimes when it comes to options on their vehicles. Uh, one design studio change, while we're kind of in this neighborhood of conversation, there's one design studio change to tell you about this week, and that is that the standard range all-wheel drive Model Y has been removed. It has been wiped away from the design studio. It is no longer a vehicle that you can purchase, or at least a vehicle that you can order through the design studio. They're probably going to be whatever's left in inventory will be available if you want one, but once those are gone, that'll probably be it, at least for the time being. Now, if you've forgotten, this specific variant is the Texas-built version of the Model Y that is currently the only one using the 4680 battery cells and the structural battery pack. And you may recall that it only costs $3,000 less than the long-range Model Y all-wheel drive. And it has 50 miles less range. So you're saving three grand but you're getting a, a pretty healthy hit to the range. You're taking a 50 mile range hit there, not to mention performance as well, zero to 60 performance, if that's something you care about. Certainly the range is, is gonna be something that more people care about than the performance. Now, some folks in the Tesla community are speculating that this is being done in order to allocate every single 4680 cell to Cybertruck production 
And that may very well be true. Now we know that the Cybertruck is using its own Cybercell, but that still, that just doesn't mean that the, the 4680s are, are gonna just go to waste. Like, no, it's, they'll just, whatever 4680 allocation they have, they'll use the Cybercell chemistry to allocate them into the Cybertrucks. So again, that speculation may be true. That may very well be what Tesla has decided that they want all their, they want to allocate all of the 4680 supply to the Cybertruck. However, based on Tesla's history, I would imagine that that is instead a happy secondary benefit for or to the real reason or the primary reason, I'll phrase it that way, which I would guess is simply that no one was ordering the standard range all-wheel drive Model Y for only $3,000 less than the long range. I've said it since the jump with this version that I'm just not sure who is really going to choose that ver- that variant given that the value proposition really seemed to be quite a bit lower than the long range Y for a very similar price. Now, if Tesla, the other piece of this besides the battery cell supply and allocation is that the is to think about the production line. If Tesla instead turns that production line into a long range dual motor production line with the 2170 cells, that's going to be way more beneficial to them and you know they're going to they're going to build more and build and sell more model Y which is obviously that's what the company's trying to do sell as many vehicles as they can now to be fair i'm speculating that the standard range Y had its own production line and certainly the reason i think you can understand why i'm speculating there is due to the aforementioned 4680 cells structural battery pack the way the car is assembled is different that way that, you know, the, the seats are bolted straight to the structural pack. So I suspect that those standard range all wheel drive model Y's in Texas were on their own production line. And if that variant's going to go away, well, Tesla can now convert that into a long range, uh, 2170 battery cell based production line and sell, sell the vehicles, sell the versions that people want. All right, uh, before I get on with the rest of this week's news, technically those were all the warm-up stories. I've got the main story coming up here momentarily. But I hope all of you that are kindly backing me on Patreon at that $10 a month tier or higher enjoyed this week's lightning round bonus mini episode, which was my wish list for a potential Highland Model 3 Plaid. So I just allowed myself to daydream. We know there's not a performance version of the Highland Model 3 yet. Could it be, as I talked about on what the last one or two shows ago, could it be because they're planning to do a more substantial version, a Plaid version? Well, I, I allowed myself to go down that train of thought, and that's what this week's lightning round was about. If you'd like to hear that, as well as the other 62 lightning round bonus mini episodes, you can sign up for my Patreon, which is how you voluntarily choose to support this podcast. I give you those lightning round weekly Patreon episodes in return, along with, of course, my gratitude. 
But you can go to my Patreon page to sign up and or just find out more. Go to patreon.com slash Podcast. And before I get to the main story this week, let me mention Accelerate Auto. Go to accelerateauto.com slash xcare. Use that discount code lightning for $100 off of your extended warranty policy purchase. So yes, Accelerate Auto, they offer that excellent extended care option for your Tesla. If, like me, you plan on holding on to your Tesla for quite some time, I do highly recommend Accelerate Auto because they cover everything that Tesla's extended service plan does, but they go much further beyond that in terms of the mileage, in terms of the term of it. As you all probably know by now, the Tesla extended warranty is only a fixed two-year, 25,000-mile coverage plan. Xcare will go up to 10 years if you want it, up to 125,000 miles if you would like that as well. I've got a three-year, 40,000-mile extended warranty policy from Accelerate Auto on my car. Uh, of course, Xcare also has their $100 deductible and 24-7 roadside assistance, which Tesla also does, but Xcare goes beyond that by offering rental reimbursement and trip interruption coverage. So again, check them out, see which plan is right for you. Go to accelerateauto.com slash Xcare. That's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O dot com slash X-C-A-R-E. And don't forget to use that discount code LIGHTNING for $100 off of your policy purchase. This week's Ride the Lightning is also brought to you in part by Storybook Destinations. I love Disneyland. You guys have heard about that. Well, Ride the Lightning listener and Tesla owner Tammy does as well. She turned it into her career. She is an authorized Disney vacation planner, and Storybook Destinations is her company specializing in crafting enchanting Disney experiences from magical Walt Disney World and Disneyland trips to Disney Cruise Line voyages and luxury global tours with adventures by Disney. But it's not just about Disney. The agents at Storybook Destinations are experts on cruises of all kinds, including river cruises, all-inclusive resorts, and worldwide tours to places like the Galapagos Islands, Antarctica, and the Arctic Circle. So if you've got the uh, itch for adventure, contact the agents at Storybook Destinations today to book that next adventure. Storybook Destinations, where your dreams are their priority, go to storybookdestinations.com or call 719-964-1718. All right, this week's headline story, you saw it in the title of the episode, Walter Isaacson's new biography on Elon Musk released earlier this week. I've been jumping right into it. I'm 100-something pages into it. Super enjoying it so far. I'm already learning more about Elon, which of course is the whole point. And it's nice to it's nice to learn more about this guy. I mean, he's he's somebody that of course I've been covering here on the podcast for well the eight something years that I've been doing this, and I've had the unique opportunity to interview him for an hour myself, but I don't know him personally, certainly. So this biography is a nice chance to to learn a little more. I mean, there are certainly stories that we've all heard about Elon about various, you know, where his sort of career, right? 
but this this is uh, getting obviously way deeper into his life. So I'm sure many of you are reading it, and I wanted to read you an excerpt from this. Now, I'm not simply taking it from the book. This was an excerpt that Axios.com published ahead of the book's release, which means they got permission from the book publishing company. So I feel totally comfortable sharing this with you. I'm not not stealing anything from the book here. Uh, I certainly still encourage all of you who who find what I'm about to tell you interesting to go purchase the book and read the whole thing. But uh, this little excerpt here is about the Generation 3 car and the robo-taxi. Now, this is going to be a bit long, but I want to give you this entire thing because, in my opinion, opinion, it gives some amazing insight into how not just Elon, but how Tesla thinks about their vehicles from just right from the very conceptual stage. All right, here we go. Elon Musk has long believed that self-driving cars, by the way, I'm sure the audiobook is way better than this, but you're stuck with me for the time being. <laughs> All right, here we go. Elon Musk has long believed that self-driving cars would do more than merely free folks from the drudgery of driving. They would, to a large extent, eliminate the need for people to own cars. The future would belong to what he called the robo-taxi, a driverless vehicle that would appear when you summoned it, take you to your destination, then ride off to the next passenger. In November of 2021, Musk gathered his top five lieutenants in Austin to brainstorm this future over an informal dinner. They decided that the robo-taxi would be a smaller, less expensive, less speedy car than the Model 3. Quote, Our main focus has to be volume, Musk said. There is no amount that we could possibly build that will be enough. Someday we want to be at 20 million a year. A central challenge was figuring out how to design a car with no steering wheel or pedals that could meet government safety standards and handle special situations. Week after week, Musk weighed in on every detail. Quote, What if someone forgets to shut the door of the robo-taxi when they get out, he asked. We have to make sure it can shut its own doors. How would a robo-taxi get into a gated community or parking garage? Quote, Maybe it needs an arm that can punch a button or take a ticket, he said. At times, the conversations were so earnest and detailed, they belied how wild the entire concept was. By the end of the summer of 2022, Musk and his team realized they had to make a final decision on the issue they had wrestled with for a year. Should they play it safe and build in a steering wheel and pedals? Or... Should they build it to be truly autonomous? Most of his engineers pushed for the safer, conventional option. They had a more realistic outlook on how long it would take for full self-driving to be ready. At a fateful and dramatic meeting on August 18th, they gathered to hash the issue out. Quote, We want to make sure we are assessing the risk with you, Tesla's longtime chief designer Franz von Holzhausen told Musk. If we go down a path of having no steering wheel and FSD is not ready, we won't be able to put them on the road, end quote. He suggested that they make a car that had a steering wheel and pedals that could easily, that could be easily removed. Quote, basically our proposal is to bake them in right now, but remove them when we are allowed to, end quote. Musk just shook his head. 
The future would not get here fast enough unless they forced it. Quote, Small ones, von Holzhausen persisted, which we can remove pretty easily and design around. No, Musk said. No, no. There was a long pause. No mirrors, no pedals, no steering wheel. This is me taking responsibility for this decision, end quote. The executives sitting around the table hesitated. Uh, we will come back to you on that, one said. Musk got into one of his very cold moods. Let me be clear, he said slowly. This vehicle must be designed as a clean robotaxi. We're going to take that risk. It's my fault if it F's up. But we are not going to design some sort of amphibian frog that's a halfway car. We are all in on autonomy, end quote. A few weeks later, he was still jazzed about the decision. On his plane flying from dropping his son Griffin off at college, he joined the weekly robotaxi meeting by phone. As always, he tried to instill a sense of urgency. Quote, This will be a historically mega-revolutionary product, he said. It will transform everything. This is the product that makes Tesla a 10 trillion company. People will be talking about this moment in a hundred years, end quote. As the robotaxi discuss- discussions showed, Musk could be fiercely stubborn. He had a reality-distorting willfulness and a readiness to run roughshod over naysayers. This steeliness may have been one of the superpowers that produced his success, along with his flameouts. But here's a lesser-known trait. He could change his mind. He could take in arguments that he seemed to be rejecting and recalibrate his risk calculations. And this is what happened with the steering wheels. At the end of the summer of 2022, after Musk made his pronouncements about being all-in on a robotaxi with no steering wheel, von Holzhausen and others at Tesla set about persuading him to cover his bet. They knew how to do it in a non-challenging way. Quote, We brought him new information that maybe he wasn't fully digesting in the summer, says Lars Moravi, one of Tesla's top executives. Even if self-driving vehicles were approved by regulators in the U.S., he argued, it would be years before they were approved internationally. So it made sense to build a version of the car with a steering wheel and pedals. For years, they had talked about what should be Tesla's next-generation offering, a small, inexpensive, mass-market car selling for around $25,000. Musk himself had teased the possibility in 2020 But then he put a hold on those plans, and over the next two years, he repeatedly vetoed the idea, saying that the robotaxi would make the other car unnecessary. Nevertheless, von Holzhausen had quietly kept it alive as a shadow project in his design studio. Late on a Wednesday evening in September of 2022, Musk ensconced himself in his longtime haunt, the windowless main conference room of the Fremont factory. Moravi and von Holzhausen led a few top members of the Tesla team in for a secretive meeting. They presented data showing that in order for Tesla to grow at 50% a year, it needed to have an inexpensive small car. The global market for such a car was huge. By 2030, there might be up to 700 million of them, almost twice as many as for the Model 3, Model Y category. 
Then they showed that the same vehicle platform and the same assembly lines could be used to make both the $25,000 car and the robo-taxi. Quote, We convinced him that if we build these factories and we have this platform, we could churn out both robo-taxis and a $25,000 car all on the same vehicle architecture, von Holzhausen says. After the meeting, Musk and I sat alone in the conference room, and it was clear that he was unenthusiastic about the $25,000 car. Quote, It's not really that exciting of a product, he said. His heart was in transforming transportation through robo-taxis. But over the next few months, he got increasingly more enthusiastic. At a design review session one afternoon in February of 2023, von Holzhausen put models of the robo-taxi and the $25,000 car next to each other in the studio. Both had a Cybertruck futuristic feel. Musk loved the designs. Quote, When one of these comes around a corner, he said, people will think they are seeing something from the future. End quote. The new mass-market vehicle, both with a steering wheel and as a robotaxi, became known as the, quote, next-generation platform. Musk initially decided that Tesla would build a new factory in northern Mexico, 400 miles south of Austin, designed from the ground up to build such cars. It would use a completely new manufacturing method that was highly automated. But a problem soon arose in his mind. He had always believed that Tesla's design engineers needed to be located right next to the assembly line rather than allowing manufacturing to be done at a remote location. That way, engineers could get instant feedback on how to design innovations that would both improve the car and make it easier to manufacture. This was particularly true for a completely new car and manufacturing process. But he realized he would have trouble getting his top engineers to relocate to the new factory. Quote, Tesla engineering will need to be on the line to make it successful, and getting everyone to move to Mexico is never going to happen, he told me. So in May of 2023, he decided to change the initial build location for the next generation cars and robotaxis to Austin, where his own workspace and that of his top engineers would be right next to the new high-speed ultra-automated assembly line. Throughout the summer of 2023, he spent hours each week working with his team to, des to design each station on the line, finding ways to shave milliseconds off each step and process. As he had in the past with both Tesla cars and SpaceX rockets, he knew there was something just as important as the design of the project, the design of the manufacturing systems that would build the products at high volume. Well, there you go. That is an excerpt from Walter Isaacson's new biography titled simply Elon Musk. And I have three thoughts to share with you in reaction to that excerpt. Number one... The $25,000 car is described as a, quote, less speedy car than a Model 3. Now, I have previously speculated about the possibility that the Generation 3 car won't offer a performance version at all because that car is solely about being a low-cost, high-volume vehicle and that, well, people would have to step up to the Model 3 performance if they want quick acceleration. This excerpt doesn't outright say there won't be a performance version of the Gen 3 car, but I do kind of think it corroborates my theory a little bit. 
So we shall see on that one. Thought number two. Isaacson describes the designs for the RoboTaxi and the $25,000 car as having a, quote, Cybertruck futuristic feel. Now, many in the community, and the debate out there is a healthy, spirited, positive one, believe that this means it's going to be a cybercar. In other words, that it will have hard angles and a stainless steel body. I do not believe that to be the case. It might be one or the other, or both, or neither. However, I've definitely floated the idea, not that I'm alone in this, certainly, that when you talk about the volumes that Tesla is proposing for this thing, which at last public knowledge from Elon was three to five million per year, that it sure would simplify production and reduce costs and lessen the environmental impact of manufacturing if the Generation 3 car didn't have any paint on it. So it certainly is a possibility that it will be a cybercar, but I just don't think this comment, which again comes from Isaacson, it's not a quote from Elon or from Franz, is any sort of confirmation that it's definitely going to be stainless steel and or polygon-shaped. And in fact, with regard to the polygon shape portion of it specifically, there is actually a photo of a mock-up of the Gen 3 car, or Ro- I guess it's of the RoboTaxi technically, in the book. And it's got three wheels, and it's got curves. So it's, it's not, at least this concept was not a cyber car per se. But it's also unclear if the two designs that Isaacson saw that Franz showed Elon, that Elon both loved both of and said, when these come around the corner, it'll look like they're coming from the future. It's not clear if Isaacson, if those are two different things or the same thing. So we shall see on that. Now, it's certainly possible that the Gen 3 car could still be stainless steel without being a polygon. The DeLorean used stamped stainless steel body panels and the Cybercar could do the exact same thing and still avoid a paint shop entirely. And my third and final thought on this is that it appears that Tesla is going to use its vast amount of extra space at Giga Texas, not necessarily to build Optimus, which is what I thought it would be used for, but instead for the Generation 3 car. Now, Giga Mexico will no doubt also build it as production volume scales up, but as you heard, it will be started in Texas alongside the Model Y and the Cybertruck. I will admit, certainly, that kicking off production of the Gen 3 car in the same plant where, to my previous thought, where rolls and rolls of stainless steel will come in to the factory for the Cybertruck... It certainly does give weight to the idea of the Gen 3 car being stainless steel also. Uh, Finally, uh, coming back around to the Optimus point, I do suppose that Optimus could certainly still be built in Texas. There's probably plenty of room in that facility, and while I'm no manufacturing expert, I would imagine that building a six-foot-tall humanoid robot requires a lot less of a factory footprint space than building a, shall we say, 
12 to 14 foot long compact car, the Gen 3 car, or a 19 foot long full-size truck. Uh, Finally this week, I believe I mentioned on last week's episode that Tesla recently opened its 50,000th supercharger stall. And what the company has themselves told us this week is that they've marked that occasion by making the one specific 50,000th stall a very special one. It is painted in ultra red from top to bottom. The entire thing is ultra red. It is instead of the white and red and the plastic, it's, I mean, it might still, it's, I guess it's probably still plastic, a plastic housing, but it is painted in ultra red. And at the base of it is a commemorative plaque that reads simply supercharger number 50,000 with a little, the little date range above 2012 to 2023, indicating the first one in 2012 and the 50,000th in 2023. And Tesla being Tesla, they didn't tell anyone where this one-of-a-kind supercharger stall was, instead choosing to turn it into something of an Easter egg hunt. Naturally, it did not take the Tesla community very long to track it down. With a tip of the cap to listener Alex Sibilla. Alex, if I've mispronounced your last name, I apologize. Alex linked a Tesla Motors Club forum thread about it on uh, in response to a Twitter post about this. And the answer is that the supercharger stall is located in Roseville, California, which is up here in Northern California, but further north than me. In fact, it's northeast of Sacramento on the way to Lake Tahoe. And it's at a 24-stall V3 station that opened to the public on August 31st. Now, apparently the Tesla team came in and, and did this to this one 50,000 stall just this week because the community reports that it hadn't been like this when it opened at, at the end of last month on August 31st. So they snuck in at probably in the middle of the night and, and put this ultra red charging stall up. And I think this is just so cool. And really, uh, secondary to that, as a sort of tangentially related note, Ultra Red now seems to be the new official Tesla Red. I think I think it's safe to say that now, right? Because the S and the X use it as their only Red. The Model 3 is going to it now, moving away from multi-coat Red with the Highland. And we'll have to see about the Model Y. And if you haven't seen it, in person, it is a gorgeous red. Now, it's subjective, I realize. Some of you out there might think it's too dark of a red, too burgundy. I love it. I approve of this change of the official Tesla color being ultra red now. In fact, I wish I could magically transform the paint on my car to ultra red. I suppose I could probably get a vinyl, like a metallic ultra red wrap, but I, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go to that expense. But if I could magically just snap my fingers and make my car ultra red paint, I would do that. But anyway, uh, if I ever find myself on my way up to Lake Tahoe, I am absolutely going to make a point to stop at this Rockville supercharging station. And I'm going to make a point to charge 
specifically at that ultra red 50,000th stall. I think it would be worth waiting a little while for just to say I charge there, right? One other final note though, I do hope that people take good care of this stall. I mean, I hope people take good care of all the superchargers, but I just, I don't want to show up one day and see the ultra red paint all scratched up or just, you know, I, I hope it's well maintained and it's respected by the people that use it and, and doesn't turn into kind of a, an ugly, an ugly commemorative scene. So if, uh, if you end up visiting it, take a picture at the charger with your car plugged in and send it my way. You can, you know, tweet it at me or email me, whatever you want to do. I'd love to see it. All right. That is everything I have for you in yet another super busy week of Tesla news. I'm going to take a quick break, come back, do a few phone calls for you right after this. Hi, this is Franz von Holzhausen, and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning hotline. It is your chance to call in and be a part of the podcast. I welcome and invite you to do so. There are two easy ways to go about that, if you like. You can either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many callers each week as possible, and then email that file to me at my podcast email address, which is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can take that same 90 second or less question and just call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. That toll-free number that you can dial anytime, day or night, is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they are special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Our first caller has a quite the interesting idea. Hi, Ryan. I had a strange thought. I was thinking that since there might be a Starship uh, launch attempt coming up and the Cybertruck unveiling coming up, I was wondering if uh, Starship launch might by any chance have a Cybertruck inside or multiple Cybertrucks inside as payload just like they had uh, the Roadster and the Falcon Heavy. Thanks for all you do. Bye-bye. You know, this is a good thought. Yes, I think this is definitely in play. It would certainly be a lot of free advertising for the Cybertruck, for sure. And as you note, it had come just as the truck was launching. Even more poetic is that both the Cybertruck and Starship are made from the same stainless steel alloy. So the more I consider your thought on this, the more I like it. And for those of you who might be thinking, well, wait a second, we need every Cybertruck that we can get. The waiting list is over a million people deep. Well, you are correct, but Tesla doesn't have to use a production Cybertruck, which as of now, there, as far as we know, aren't any production Cybertrucks. The pre-release builds, they could use one of those because they can't be sold anyway. So why not just send one of them into space where, well, either it will, it will go into orbit, into deep space, or it may blow up in spectacular fashion. Either way, I like the thought. Thank you for your call. 
Next up this week is Joel from New Jersey responding to a caller. Uh, well, responding to this, the topic I got all upset about, which is being charged by SafeLight 600 and something dollars for winch for recalibration of your autopilot cameras after a windshield replacement. Joel, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, it's Joel from New Jersey. I have a very interesting comment based on the call two weeks ago about the uh, calibration after a windshield replacement. Very apropos, I had a rock hit my windshield, my uh, fairly new 2023, a Model 3, and when I called the insurance, they said, I can go through safe ride, I can go through test. I said, I want to go through test because I heard all about needing to calibrate the cameras and all that. Um, so, lo and behold, last Monday, actually, I just had Tesla come out and I had to change the front windshield as well as the top glass under the rock on the highway. And the uh, Tesla technician told me if the car is in safe mode, as long as the camera is not removed, like it's just taken down but it's not disconnected, uh, you don't need to recalibrate the cameras at all. And sure enough, you know, he put the car back together. I've been driving it. Never need to do any kind of recalibration on the cameras for autopilot. So um, I don't know what uh, SafeLight was talking about where they told me they had to charge them several hundred dollars to recalibrate. But uh, in my case, when I test would do it, um, and, mo- and they did it mobily, um, there was no need Thanks for all you do, and uh, give Daisy a good pat on the head for me. Joel, thanks for sharing your story. I've had two windshield replacements, one a long time ago, within I think the first six months of when I had the car, and one more recently, maybe it was a year or so ago, I don't even remember now. Anyway, both times I did need to recalibrate. I mentioned that to say that, per what the Tesla tech told you, Maybe Tesla has improved their process and now figured out a way to save that step for their customers, which if so, would be great. And as I said, setting up this call, I'm still really genuinely steamed about that safe light scam. And yes, I'm using the word scam. It is just plain wrong. And I hope that sharing Robert Tucker's story, that was the the gentleman that had emailed me about this. I hope it gets somebody's attention at Tesla and or at SafeLight, because what they are doing has got to stop. In fact, on that note, let's hear from Pam in Arizona. Hello, Ryan. It's Pam from Mesa, Arizona. Hey, I'm just listening to your current podcast about SafeLight. I'm in the insurance business. You know, it is my personal opinion that SafeLight is probably not the best place to get a windshield, no matter what car you're driving. But yes, that's very irritating that they do not understand how the Tesla cars work. And if they do, how shady they're being. Um, I would definitely recommend a, um, a um, if you will, not a very large TV advertising glass company. There are many smaller glass companies that will replace that glass with um, proper glass, right? So I'm not sure that if Tesla makes this glass or not, but you want to get the Tesla glass back in there. I don't want a product from SafeLight. This is just my personal opinion. Um, appreciate the show. I have another call that I want to uh, provide to you about a Tesla Model Y being in an accident. Thank you, Ryan. Have a beautiful week. Bye. Thank you, Pam. As I said a minute ago, I am really happy to help get the word out on this. And I say happy because it will please me if more people, particularly Tesla itself, 
becomes aware of this practice at Safelight and hopefully gets it put to a stop. All right, I've got time for one more caller this week. It is Darren from Roanoke. Hey, Ryan, it's Darren from Roanoke. I've been curious and was wondering if you could share your own plans for a Cybertruck. Since you mentioned you measured your garage to see how possible it would be to own a Model S and found it would be really tight fit. So it's got me wondering where you plan to park your Cybertruck. You know, since it definitely won't fit in your garage being bigger than a Model S. And then once you do get a Cybertruck, is the plan for it to be your daily driver? Will your wife drive a Model 3? Uh, I've been debating reserving a Cybertruck for this reason, and I wanted to hear your thoughts. Anyway, thanks for all you do. Have a good day. Hi, Darren. I appreciate your call, and I am happy to answer this question. It's true that one of the reasons, well, check that, the reason that I never even thought to make a Cybertruck reservation, even after I came around on its design and usefulness, is because, as all of you who've been listening to me for a while know, I live in San Francisco where the streets in my neighborhood are really tight with cars parked on both sides. And all of you know how particular I am, that's maybe a polite way to put it, about my cars, hence your question about the garage. Well, honestly, what flipped me was just accepting the fact that, yeah, well, yes, a garage would be ideal, the Cybertruck doesn't really need one because it's stainless steel. It won't rust, there's no paint to take damage from being out in the sun all day, there's uh, bird poop and tree sap aren't going to damage the stainless. In other words, if I were going to be comfortable with any vehicle I own ever living outside, it's the Cybertruck. So for me, the Model 3 will continue to live in the garage and the Cybertruck will park on the street in front of my house. Of course, that doesn't change the fact that the Cybertruck is 19 feet long and the parking spot in front of my house isn't nearly big enough to accommodate that. But what I can and will absolutely do is park in that spot and just block my own driveway. Then if I need to get the Model 3 out, I just have to do a little car shuffle. So, you know, first world problem, right? <laughs> and given that I'm in San Francisco where parking anywhere can be tricky, the answer to your question about who will drive which car in my household is that we are going to share the Cybertruck and the Model 3. Either one of us will be free to take either vehicle, depending on how we're feeling and or where we're going. So going somewhere in San Francisco proper will probably be a job for the Model 3, as it is now. Whereas going anywhere outside of the city, which I do every single weekend, will likely be a good reason to take the Cybertruck. Now all I have to do is actually get my hands on a Cybertruck to replace my wife's 19-year-old Mini Cooper. Thank you for asking me and, and let me letting me indulge in that for a minute there, Darren. I appreciate it. Thank you to everybody that kindly took the time to call in. I will get to more of your phone calls on next week's podcast, but I'm not quite done with this week's show yet. Stick around. I'll be right back with your pro tip of the week and a little bit more right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. 
You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. Well, as I mentioned at the top of the show, what I'm up to with my car is uh, actually not going to be with my car. So my birthday is coming up, and I dropped a not-subtle hint to my wife that I thought it would be fun to rent a Model S Plaid for the day. And I think she's going to do it, because she mentioned that she found one available, I'm guessing on Turo. So... That should make for a fun time, just cruising around enjoying the power and uh, and comfort of a Model S Plaid, which I don't normally have the privilege of. In the meantime, as I'm recording, or I should say, as this episode is publishing on Sunday, September 17th, Zelina, the future service dog puppy, turns one tomorrow on the 18th. Her birthday is September 18th. She's right next to me laying down now. Zelina... Happy birthday. Um, Hopefully, I mean, I guess this will probably be the only birthday that we get to spend with her, which is a little sad. But if if all goes well, if we've done our jobs as well as we can, she'll hopefully go on to to be really, really helpful to one one person or or multiple people or what. But um, she's also gone into heat, which I've never dealt with before. Uh, I've always spayed prior to that. So... That's that's a new little a new little uh, wrinkle that that we're experiencing with her right now. But she's do she's happy, she's healthy, she's doing good. So, happy birthday, Zelina and me. Uh, here's an entertainment recommendation for you. It's a pretty obvious one. I read the excerpt from earlier in the podcast. Your entertainment recommendation for this week is Walter Isaacson's authorized biography of Elon Musk. Of course, so check that out if you're interested. And here is your pro tip of the week from Van in Charlotte. Hey, Ryan, it's Van Wilson from Charlotte, North Carolina. I've been listening to the podcast for about a year, ever since my Model Y was on order. Got it last June of 2021. And uh, I don't mind the V11 version of the UI as much as some folks, but it, it does hide some things that make it hard to find. I just discovered, uh, and this may be from my latest update this past week, that if the lights are on, either at night or because you're in autopilot and you touch the anywhere in the area of the light icons in the upper left corner of the screen below the gear selector display, then the light setting controls pop up from the lower left corner of the screen like they do uh, when you first put it in autopilot. Just thought I wanted to share that tip. Uh, Thanks for all you do. Enjoy the podcast. Van, thank you very much. I did not know about that one. So that is an excellent pro tip. Those Tesla UI designers, they are some sly devils, I tell you. I appreciate the call. And if anybody else out there has a good pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, please send it my way. And I play one of these at the end of every single episode. You can submit that the same way that you send in a regular Ride the Lightning call, which I gave you the instructions for a little while ago. Before I hit the road, let me mention some friends of Ride the Lightning that can hopefully be of use to you. Maybe it's this week, maybe it's sometime down the road. I'll start with abstractocean.com. They've got so many great aftermarket accessories for all four Teslas. I'm sure they're going to be cooking up stuff for the Cybertruck as well. But in the meantime, just click on whichever Tesla you own, and you can see all the cool stuff that's available for it. 
Maybe you've got a Model Y and want to get the rear footwell lighting kit to help sort of class up the, the view from the second row. Maybe you want to do the fourth generation tempered glass screen protector that's made with the same stuff that Gorilla Glass uses for their glass, which is aluminosilicate, corning, uh, all the best stuff, all the fancy buzzwords. They've got it in their glass, uh, all glass screen protector, custom fit for your Tesla. So anyway, whatever you decide to grab from abstractocean.com, when you get to checkout, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST to get 15% off of your first order. That coupon code again, RTLPODCAST, all one word, no spaces. Meanwhile, the snap plate available for all four Teslas as well. Get yours at everyamp.com slash RTL. And now the coupon code for a nice discount, the coupon code is simply RTL. This is the front license plate bracket that I recommend rather than the one that Tesla includes with your car. Because this one, while it does snap on and off in seconds and it's secure, but this one is paint safe, grill safe, radiator safe, autopilot safe. It doesn't interfere with anything. And if you decide to remove it, it leaves no unsightly hardware or automotive adhesive residue behind. So make those fix-it tickets go away. For those of you who, like me, hate having to use a front plate. A little bit about the snap plate, guys. They're former nuclear power plant engineers, and they designed snap plate to be the safe option that they wanted for their own personal vehicles. So there are now two options because they've been listening to their customers. The snap plate, which I've been telling you about for a long time now, and the new snap plate plus which is strength optimized with hardened features for maximum strength versus the regular snap plate, which is designed to break away on purpose to sacrifice itself in a worst case scenario, like a parking accident or car wash. So you've got your, your choice of either one, whichever works for you. Both are made from recycled made in the USA plastics with stainless steel reinforcements. Meanwhile, budgetsafesolar.com I humbly recommend that you keep them on your short list of solar providers to consider. They now offer home battery storage as well as solar panels themselves. It's who I went with. I've been very happy with the results. They gave me a very nice bespoke setup with uh, the right high efficiency panels to take it, you know, to take most advantage of my relatively little amount of real estate space on my roof. So check them out, budgetsafesolar.com. If you decide to proceed with a home or business solar installation, make sure to use the referral code RTL. Immaculate Reflections will take excellent care of your car should you like to treat it to a spa day at a professional detailer. They're in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, so if you happen to find yourself in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, I highly recommend you take your car on over to Immaculate Reflections. You're going to want to reach out and book in an appointment first, which you can do by going to the website, irdetailing.com. And when you do reach out through the irdetailing.com website, mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener and there is a nice little discount waiting for you. So maybe you want to do paint protection film on some or all of the car. Maybe you want to do paint correction to get the paint finish looking as good as it possibly can. Maybe you want to do ceramic coating so that you don't have to wax the car for the next, oh, three to five years or so. Any of that, all of that, 
Immaculate Reflections is going to do an awesome job. Check them out. Meanwhile, puretesla.com slash RTL. That's your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode setups. It is micro SD based, which is designed for the constant reading and writing and more reading and more writing all day as, as long as you're operating the car that the dash cam and sentry mode subject that thumb drive to. So use theirs. It's going to work. It's going to be reliable over the long term. PureTesla.com slash RTL. 49 bucks shipped free anywhere in the U.S. will get you the 128 gigabyte kit. A 256 gigabyte kit will run you $69. It also ships free anywhere in the U.S. They do sell worldwide. There'll just be a, a moderate shipping fee if indeed you are outside of the U.S. Finally, my Patreon, which again is located at patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. That is where I humbly ask that at some point you, you find yourself and hopefully you'll choose to support my efforts here with Ride the Lightning. As you have seen over the past 424 episodes now, I am here each and every Sunday delivering what I hope you'll agree is a, a very well-researched, fun, and uh, energetic, enthusiastic show where a lot of love and care has gone into it. And so if you're able, if you're willing, I humbly ask that you consider making a pledge on patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. The base tier, the, the base support tier, it's just five bucks a month. And if you do that, you'll be supporting me, which I would greatly appreciate. And in return, you will get early access to each week's episode. If you step up to that $10 a month tier, you'll get the early access to each week's episode and that lightning round bonus mini episode every week and all the old ones too. You'll get the whole 60-something episode back catalog of those as well. So my hope is that you'll find a lot of value in that in addition to hopefully just wanting to support me if that's something that, uh, that crosses your mind at some point. If you need a referral link, if you're buying a Tesla and don't already have one and don't have a friend, family member, coworker with a referral link, you're welcome to use mine because just one way or the other, use somebody's so that you get the discount and the uh, loot box credits that can be redeemed for everything from merch to upgrades for your car. So if you need mine, the website to go to, which is this, this will be a link to the Tesla design studio with the referral bonuses baked in. So just type in ts.la slash Ryan73014. And that will be how you utilize my referral code. Find me on X and or Instagram. I'm on the same, I'm the same handle on both DMC underscore Ryan. You can email me anytime, teslapodcast at gmail.com. And finally, let me say hello and thank you to the wonderful, generous, upper tier Patreon supporters. These folks are very generous and very supportive, and I do sincerely appreciate it. I will start with the grandfathered in plaid level folks. The plaid level is no more, but these these people very kindly and generously continued to support me at this level. And so in return, they continue to get grandfathered in to all of the perks that they have coming their way as a result. 
So thank you so much to George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Ish, not Elon Musk, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Moving along to the Maximum Plaid backers, a big thank you goes out to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from New York City, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Mark Eversoll, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Derek Nesselrode, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Joel Sapp, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, we drive Tesla EV luxury car rental in Oahu. Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey. Doug, congrats on your new Model S. James Gregory, Adam Lavoy, contact1callcenter.com. Jason Chalukas, Travis Krenzel, Bruce Otterstein, Tom Behan, Josh Pennington, Matt Kalin, John from Cream Ridge, New Jersey, Sean Tisdale, and Dustin Hart. Finally, an extra big thanks to the Roadster in Space tier backers. They are Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacovetto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, Carol Weston, and Robert from near Philly. That will wrap up the palindromatic Ride the Lightning episode 424. I'm flanked by adorable doggos on either side. Daisy to my left, snoozing on the couch. Zelina to my right, chilling on the floor. Uh, it's my voice is shot. That was a lot of talking. More than, I mean, I guess this episode wasn't necessarily any longer than, than any other one. Uh, maybe a little longer than the usual, but boy, reading, trying to read that whole excerpt, that reading an audiobook like professionally that that is a skill because boy your voice really has to be conditioned for it i can do the the 1 hour podcast pretty well i've i've gotten pretty adept at that at least in terms of vocal stamina but yeah it's uh, it's not easy it's to, certainly not easy to read a whole book out loud i've never never done that even just the excerpt was uh was exhausting to my vocal cords so I am going to go get some water here. I wish you a wonderful week, weekend, depending whenever you're listening to this. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be.
our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun. Mm. 